This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. We're going to go ahead and pray, then we're going to get into the message today. The title is Truth and Freedom. Two of my favorite things, because I love the truth, and boy do I love to be free, because I have been places where there is no freedom, and I didn't like it very much. I love truth, and I love freedom. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you right now as we open up our Bibles, as we uh, as we get into the Word of God together today. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we look at your Word, as we submit ourselves to you right now, that you will speak to every single person here. Lord, tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, Lord. And if there's anything that we need to change, help us change, God, because we don't want to stay the same. We want to be more like you, and we want to be able to do everything that you've called us to do so we can be everything that you've called us to be. We thank you for it. May your word have free course today. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. Truth and freedom. Let's turn one of our Bibles this morning to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And uh, we're going to look at a very familiar verse. In fact, we used it last week, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper today. John chapter 8, and we are going to see verse 32. I'll primarily be in the New King James today. John chapter 8 and verse 32. And uh, quite a story here if you look at the entire thing. John chapter 8 and verse 32. And and here's a, I would say, one of the most misquoted verses in Scripture. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is one of the most misquoted verses in Scripture. John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. Now, most people, when they quote this verse, even people that aren't uh, Christians, even people that may not even realize that Jesus Christ is the one that originally said this, people go around all the time saying, well, the truth will set you free. That's only halfway true. you got to know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. You know what? I mean, I allude to this a lot, but just owning a weight set isn't what gets you in shape. You gotta get to know that thing. You gotta, you gotta put a little bit of effort into that. And so just simply having a Bible in the room, simply having a Bible in your house, the truth is there, but it's the truth you know that will set you free. And so you're gonna have to dive into this a little bit and get to know Jesus a little bit better, but I guarantee you, when you know the truth, no doubt about it, the truth will set you free. And so that brings this question that I'm asking today. How does the truth set you free? How does it set you free? Well, I'm going to look at a few things today, a few different angles, a few different ways that the truth sets you free. And I, I did a little research. I studied some things this week on this topic. And I found, and to no surprise, that there is definitely a significant portion of the population, a significant portion of people that flat out, they don't want to be free. They don't care if they're living a truth or living a lie. They just want to be what makes them comfortable. They just want to do things their way, whether they're free or not free. They don't care about being free. But... One of the saddest things that I have ever seen in this world is somebody that is bound and held captive by something that is not godly. When you are a slave to something, that is not the will of God. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's dig in a little bit deeper here. So how does the truth set you free? Number one, it's this. It shows you right from wrong. 
Thank you for your holy silence. I am just so glad that... Am I at the Pentecostal church or where did I go today? Come on. Listen. Where's Walter? Walter's usually got my back. Thank you. I'm going to need you today. I can tell right now. All right. Thank you. So how does the truth set you free? It shows you right from wrong. So what I want to do is I want to read the whole story of this quote that we just got from Jesus. And as I read a little bit more of the context that we're looking at here... There's some incredible parallels in how people responded to the truth in Jesus' day and how they still respond to the truth in our day. So let me just say this right now. Speaking the truth does not always make you popular. Anybody notice that? Speaking the truth does not make you popular. Now, I'll say this. There's a right way and a wrong way to speak the truth. Because Paul said, we got to speak the truth, but we got to do it in love. And I know some people that they want to speak the truth, but they think it's their job to do it as brash and rude and mean as possible. And I don't, I'm, you know, whatever. Listen. I want to speak the truth, but I want to do it in love. And I want to speak the truth because I want to see people changed for the glory of Jesus, not because I just want everybody to agree with me. I want people to agree with Jesus. And so John 8, pick it up, verse 32, Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And so instantly, Jesus brings up truth. Jesus brings up freedom. And these guys instantly get mad. Whoa, hold on. Who do you think you are? We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anybody. What are you talking about right now? And so instantly, just instantly, as soon as he brings up truth and freedom, instantly people get angry and people start lashing back out at Jesus. And the funny thing is this, is if you know very much Bible at all, you know very well that the descendants of Abraham had definitely been in bondage before because they spent 400 years in slavery in Egypt. Are you familiar with that? And the more ironic part is this, is at that very moment they were in bondage to the Romans. And so here they are. Well, who do you, we've never been in bondage to anybody. And that's a flat out lie. They had been, and they were at that exact same moment. And so they're flying off the handle at Jesus right there. But, but, but look at this. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people that they may think they're free. Like, whoo, we finally got some money. We're free now. Man, you're not free until the son sets you free. Well, we're free now. Our guy won the presidency. Our guy got elected to Congress. You think that that's what brings you freedom? You aren't free until the Son sets you free. And if He makes you free, then you're free indeed. And so these guys, they get angry. And in fact, if it's a long story, but if you'll read all of John chapter 8, 
these people get so mad at Jesus, they start calling him, you're a Samaritan devil. You're this. They start flinging names. And by the end of the chapter, they pick up stones to kill Jesus. They're going to murder the man simply for presenting the truth to them, saying, listen, you guys, you need freedom, and it's only found one way. That was enough to make them so angry they were going to murder Jesus. And it says that he escaped through the crowd and got away before they killed him. Wow! That sounds like an incredible, far-fetched story. And then, I live in 2021, though, so it's not that far-fetched to me, because I see junk like this all the time. You tell somebody, well, I know you're doing it, but but God's way is better, and and God has a plan for your life. Well, who do you think you are? I'm a son of God. I don't know who you think you are, but God's my Father, and I'm just trying to present the truth. But truth won't make you popular, but it will set you free because it shows you right from wrong. Jesus came to free us from Satan's power, to free us from being slaves to sin. Now, Jesus said right here, whoever commits sin. Now, that connotates, that 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 that, that gives the impression here that he's not talking about you sinned one time and I, oops, you know what, I said something I shouldn't have, God, I'm sorry. It's one thing to commit a sin, right? And you're sorry, you talk to God and get it. But we're talking about commit sin. Like, you have no intention of changing this thing. Like, this is what I do and I have no intention of changing it. You are a slave to sin, according to what Jesus said. And that is a horrific thing to think about that you could be right here in the freest nation in the history of the world yet be held captive by Satan and there's no need for you to be held captive by Satan because Jesus came to set us free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed that does not need to be that way. And so as puzzling, it boggles my mind because I've been to communist countries. I know some of you have been, but I've straight up spent time in Russia and Nicaragua and different that are communist nations. And there is nothing worse in this world to see people that are not free people. They're afraid, they're paranoid, they're always looking over their shoulder at who's who's there looking out. It's a sad, sick thing. I've seen it, and it's awful, but it doesn't have to be that way. So as I've seen that, it puzzles me how there are some people that they just, they don't really care to be free. And in my research this week, I pulled up story after story of people that had been prisoners that either they were up for parole or whatever, and, and they didn't want it. Well, you know what? You know, I'm I'm fine here. I don't I don't want to. And I even saw one extreme story. This guy, he wasn't even a gang member. He had no money, nothing going on. That he was no reason to be attached to the bondage of being locked up. But he didn't. He just didn't want to face the world. He gets released in Missouri, and he goes out the next week, and he and and intentionally gets caught robbing a gas station. He's like, I, 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 I can't get back in there. There's only one way to get in. It's to go get arrested. So he goes and tries to rob the clerk, and he's like, call the police. I'll be waiting for them in the parking lot. 
So sure enough, he, he fakes a robbery and she's like, get out of here. And so she calls the cops and he's out there waiting in the parking lot, goes back to prison because that was his comfort zone. He didn't know how to handle freedom. But listen to me, there are some people in this world, Satan has had you bound for so long. You have been his slave. We have been his slave. We, he has been our master. And there's some things, some lies he has wrapped around us so tight. We don't even know how to function without that bondage in our life. I know, man, it shouldn't be this way, but I don't even know what I would do if it was some other way. That is sad, and it doesn't have to be that way. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I know, but this alcohol, it's been in my life. It's just been the one thing that I can count on. That's a lie from hell. You can't count on that. That is not the will of God for your life. He's got better. The truth shall set you free. And I've got so many incredible stories sitting in this building and in this room right at this very second of people that were held captive by Satan, but they got a hold of the truth. They knew the truth. The truth set them free, and they would never for a million billion dollars go back to being a slave to the devil. Never would they go back. And so there's an old quote, but it's the, it, it, it is the absolute truth. My worst day as a Christian is better than my best day as a sinner. My worst day in freedom is better than my best day in slavery to the devil. You know, well, I had more money back then. I had this back then. And you were one inch from hell, man. One inch. One car wreck. One drive-by. Whatever. One accident away And it would have been over for you forever and ever and ever. Don't you ever think that it was better back then. You were one step from the edge of the cliff and it would have been over forever. That is bondage. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Do I have any free people in this house today? Come on. If Jesus sets you free, you I mean, you don't keep that to yourself. You've got to make a little noise, all right? And so, why... Is it so important to have freedom? And and how does the truth set us free? Well, number one, it shows us right from wrong. But number two, here's here's the meat of this message. It shows you what belongs to you. It shows you what belongs to you because there is a lot of Christians, a lot of God's children, sadly, that don't fully know all that belongs to them through the Word of God, and through what Jesus did when He died on the cross. And so, a lot of people think, well, you know, yes, I know, I've got Jesus, so now I don't have to go to hell, I can go to heaven. Amen, hallelujah, that's the biggest and best thing right there. But, it doesn't stop there. There's so much more in this salvation package that Jesus wants you to have for your life. Some people are like, well, I'm going to heaven, but it's hell on earth till I get there. It doesn't have to be that way. In fact, when Jesus prayed, he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are not depressed people in heaven. I'm going to go a step further. There's not sick people 
in heaven. There's, there, there, there's not people bound in bondage to Satan in heaven. And if God wants his will done on earth as it is in heaven, you don't have to be depressed, sad, rejected, feel like you're less than, feel like you've always got to be poor, feel like you're going to be a loser and barely stumble into heaven. I, I made it, but I barely made it. It doesn't have to be that way. You can run in there dancing and rejoicing like you belong there because you do, not because you're so good, but because Jesus is so good. I'm not going there because I've been good. I'm going there because Jesus has been good. But you need to know that Jesus is so much more than your get out of hell free card. He is the full deluxe package. There's a story that maybe you've heard that we've shared, I know before, but about a hundred years ago, there was a man that bought a, bought a boat ticket from Europe to the United States. And so he didn't have much money, so he packed some, packed what supplies and food he could. And you know, he, he boards the ship, meets a few people, goes into his cabin, and stays there for the remainder of the trip. Well, they get here to the U.S., and he gets off the ship, you know, he, he, they land, he's getting off, and, and people are like, hey, where have you been? We forgot all about you, man. Where have you been? Why haven't you been eating with us? We've had dinner. We've had meals three times a day. Where have you been this whole time? He's like, well, it's embarrassing, but to be honest, I only had enough money to buy a ticket to get on the boat. I didn't have enough money for the meals or any of the extras. So, you know, I was okay. I had my own stuff. And people are like, wait a minute. Hold on. You, you bought a ticket, right? Yeah, I got the ticket. It's right here. Don't you know that the price for the meals and everything else, it was all inclusive. If you had a ticket, everything was paid for. You've been settling for cheese and crackers and we've been having steak and everything else. You settled for that, but the price was paid for everything that you needed. And some Christians live their life that way. Oh, Lord, I don't ask for much. Just take care of me and my four and no more. And I'll just stay over here. I'll mind my business. I'll eat this and, 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 don't, and don't. Listen, the price has been paid for you to have a good life on earth before you get to heaven. But too many people have been lied to and they think that it's God's will for you to be miserable, dejected, sad, depressed, have nothing, do nothing. Your kids got to have the worst clothes in school. Your kids got to they can't go do the fun things that other people can do. Your kids, I mean, I'm not going to live that way, folks. I am going to serve Jesus, number one. But when I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things are going to be added unto me. I'm not going to, my kids are not going to have to suffer and have a miserable growing up experience because, well, their dad's a preacher, their dad's a, their dad's a Christian, their mom and dad. So listen, there's a lie that's been fed to people that says humble is a synonym of poverty. That is a lie. Because I know some poor people that are full of pride. They're mean. They're rude. And they act, and I mean, I'm just, and then I know some super rich people that they're not like that at all. They're very humble. They give the glory to God and they don't talk about that. So, don't buy the lie that, well, we're humble. We don't got nothing. I mean, our kids, they, they, they can't, they can't go play in the basketball league with the other kids. They, 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 they got to do this and, and, and we can't eat that, guys. And we can't do it. We'll, we'll just get that out of your mind now. That doesn't mean you're humble. That just means that you aren't aware that Jesus bought you an all-inclusive package. The truth will set you free. You don't have to, now I'm not up here saying that everyone's going to be a millionaire. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, 
that you should be able to live a decent, comfortable, nice life because you're a child of God. Amen? And so don't buy into the lies, all right? So look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Can we flip over there? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Who's glad they came to church? Good choice, good choice. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 20. So flip over there. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. But you need to start realizing what belongs to you as a child of God. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 20, and it says this, For all the promises of God in Him, talking about Jesus, are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All the promises are yes. All the promises are amen. Why? Because you're so good. No, to the glory of God through Him. If there are promises in God's Word, listen, well, I wonder if I can have that. I wonder if if, if that could be something that I get. Yes. And amen, it is for you. The promises of God are yes, and they are amen. Can somebody say amen today? God wants you to have what He provided for. How silly would it be? How silly, how silly would it be if you bought something for your kids and you gave it to them and they said, well, do you really want us to have that? Do you do you really want us to? Are, are you sure you want us to have that, Dad? Are you sure that that's something that you like? Yes, I bought it for you. Of course, I want you to have it. So the verse I just gave you is 2 Corinthians one twenty. My bad. 2 Corinthians one twenty. I see the looks of confusion on faces all across. 2 Corinthians one twenty. But if you buy something for your kids, should they have to doubt? Do you really? I mean, is it your will for me to have this, Dad? Yes. And amen, I want you to have it. I paid for it. The price has already been paid. And so the Message Bible, it puts it this way. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. There's a lot of promises with a lot of conditions. My dad kind of referred to this earlier in the in the service that there's a lot of promises of God, but there's you got you got to do some things on your end too, right? I mean, some people want to claim tithers' rights. Lord, you said you'd rebuke the devourer for my sake. Yes, he did. If you bring the tithe into the storehouse. Well, Lord, you said that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I can't do nothing. It's through Christ who strengthens you. You've got to rely on Him and quit relying on yourself. But the promises of God, they are yes and they are amen. And it says all the promises and what does all mean? All means a lot. Well, so some people are like, well, I, I hear about these promises. I don't, I don't know where they're at. If they've ever come to me, I wouldn't know it. What are they? Are they hidden from me? And I like it how I put it, put it this way. The promises of God are not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. But you're going to have to open up and find out where they are. They're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. You have got to open up the Word of God and find out where they are and find some to start standing on. You know, a few days ago, I heard Katie rustling around in the kitchen there trying to get something. And, 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 and she's like, hey, remember those Hawaiian sweet rolls we bought? Yeah, I remember those. 
You said you were going to put them someplace for me. Yeah, I did. What, did you hide them from me? I'm like, no, honey, I hid them for you so the kids wouldn't get them. I didn't hide them from you. I hid them for you. I just can't remember where I hid them for you at. And so, you know, good luck. But when you find them, and, you know, I, I eventually I remembered. But, but some people are like that. Hey, God hid it from me. No, he didn't hide it from you. He hid them for you. You just got to look around a little bit. It's in there, and you've got to see what God has hidden for you. Now, I, I read an interview with the comedian Kevin Hart. I am not endorsing, and I am not against him. I don't know any of his movies. I know he's famous, but this is an interesting story. So don't go out there, well, Pastor Dave, he makes... I don't know if he does. It doesn't matter to me. This is just an interesting story. Okay, so here's the story. So he said he wanted to get up into stand-up comedy. His mom said she would support him for one year. If it didn't work, he had to go back to school and get a real job. So about six months in to his venture, he finally ran out of money. He couldn't pay his rent. So he called his mom and said, Mom, I'm out of money. Help. She said, well, have you read your Bible? Mom, I don't have time for that right now. I need help right now. Have you read your Bible? I'm not talking about that. I need cash instantly. And so he kept calling every few days. And she kept saying, son, I'm not until you read. your." So finally, a few weeks in, he's like, okay. He opens up his Bible and says, I'm going to, you know what, she's right. I need to get into the Bible. He opens up his Bible and six rent checks fall out that she had all, she knew he was going to hit hard times. She hid the provision inside of his Bible, knowing that he'd eventually have to turn there and the provision would be hidden for him. And so of course he got, he got the money and made it big and now he's super rich or whatever. But that may sound like a silly story, but I'm telling you what, right now, every promise Everything that I've ever need, it's been in here the entire time. I know how to find healing when Satan comes and tries to make me sick. I don't want to say that right now, man. I'm telling you what, man. Listen, I've been healed of leukemia. My dad's been healed of stage four cancer. We've made it through some things, heart attacks and everything else. We made it through some things. You know what? There's that old, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. I've seen the word of God heal people's bodies time and time and time again people that will do things god's way people that are submitted to god now listen i've seen people that have had a terrible financial need but the word of god brings it through every single time i've seen the word of god show us how to get answers time and time again just a couple of weeks ago uh, Katie has this necklace. It's got a heart on it. And, you know, it's special to us because when I was 18, I, pr- I was getting ready to propose to her, but I proposed right after Valentine's Day. So for Valentine's Day, I went to the mall with, you know, I didn't have much money, but but I, I went to this jewelry shop and I bought her this necklace with a heart on it. And, and t- to me, it was a big deal at the time. Well, we've had it all these years. Then sometime around Christmas, it was lost. And so we're praying, you know, God, you know, help us find it, help us find it. Then finally, man, we got real serious. You know what? We're done playing patty cake here. We're ready to get this thing back because it's special to us. And so we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever you got to do, if you got to send the angels out to bring it in, we claim that necklace back in the name of Jesus. And we don't mean maybe. Well, just a couple days later, she's she's going and, and and she's going to change the sheets, which we had done several times since Christmas. Okay, we're not gross people. I know what this is going to look like. Okay, they've been changed and washed several times since Christmas. All right, thank you. But she's going to get them out. She pulls back the covers, and laying right there in the middle of the bed is that necklace. 
And I'm telling you, it wasn't laying there for two months. It got put there somehow, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of the kids. But listen, listen to me. We know how to get answers, and it's not because we're smart, because I'm not that smart. I mean, I'm a C-plus type of guy. Listen, it's because I know how to go to the Word of God and get answers in the time of need. And Jesus comes through time and time and time and time again. If it's something as small as finding a necklace or something as big as being stricken with cancer, Jesus comes through time and time and time again. Whether it's a church in the middle of the desert that needs six brand new HVAC units, Jesus comes through time and time and time again. Woo! And we don't have to go get a loan from the bank. Jesus has the cash for it. Jesus will give it to you. The world will loan it to you. I'm looking for a gift from Jesus. Can somebody say amen today? God is Good, man. Sorry, I'm getting excited now, man. I don't care what you guys do. I'm getting excited. But you've got to know what belongs to you. And the truth will set you free because it tells you and shows you what belongs to you. Sometimes I think of it this way. You know, sometimes you're going to leave some of the stores and they they got to see your receipt at the door, right? I mean, that was a little uncomfortable for me at first. You know, I'm like, what are you accusing me of? I, I didn't. But, you know, I, I, I'm with the program now. And think of sweet Irma over here. You know, don't don't take it out on her because she's got to ask for your receipt. That's not her fault, right? She's just doing her job. Thank you. Yeah? Don't yell at her about a mask either. She didn't, you know, just leave her alone, okay? I'm trying to help help her out. So anyway, but sometimes at the door, you got to pull your receipt out and prove that what you've got a hold of was paid for and it rightfully belongs to you. Now, sometimes you've got something from God. You, you, you're starting the word of God starting to work in your life. And maybe some person or some devil will come and say, man, well, who do you think you are? That's not yours. You can't have that. But any time the devil comes and says, man, you can't have healing, I pull out the receipt for healing right here. Yeah, it's paid for, dude. First Peter 2.24 says that by Jesus' wounds, I have been healed. Well, what are you smiling about? You can't have joy. We're in a pandemic. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's been paid for, man. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Well, you, man, you how can you think that your kids are going to stick with Jesus? It's already been paid for. Proverbs 22, 6 says, if I train them up in the ways of the Lord, when they grow old, they won't depart from it. Listen to me. You're not trying, you're not, it's been paid for, and I'm going to prove it to you right now. The Word of God and these verses are my receipt for something that's already been paid for. Well, how are you going to get that? I'm not trying to get it. It's already been paid for. Jesus paid it all. Amen. You're not going to talk me out of it either. And so how does the truth set you free? Number one, it shows you right from wrong. Number two, it shows you what rightfully belongs to you. Then number three, it shows you how much God loves you. Now, that may sound like such a basic, simple thing to say, so please don't let that fly over your head, because I have found that even the children of God sometimes lose sight of how much they are loved by their Father in heaven. In fact, Paul put it this way, you'll never be able to fully comprehend the love of God. And Paul was a deep guy. Paul knew the Lord well, but he said, no, it's impossible. No human could ever fully comprehend how much God loves them. 
I'm going to show you something in Psalm 86, Psalm 86 and verse 15. But I'm glad that the Lord loves me enough to tell me the truth. I'm glad that Jesus loves me enough to, I mean, seriously, leave heaven and come down here to this place. He loves us more than we'll ever know. And, 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 and please don't let this fact fly over your head. Well, I've heard that a thousand times. Yes, I know it. But sometimes we need to take just a minute and let that truth sink in because that is a truth and the truth will set you free. Maybe you've been going through something right now. Maybe you've been you've been going through a storm and, and yeah, the devil may be shaking and then all this stuff's going on. But even through it all, if you can just remember, my gosh, I am loved. I am. And, 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 and I'm not looking for acceptance from everybody else because I've been accepted by Jesus. Psalm 86 and verse 15, it says, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy. Who's grateful that he's a God of compassion and mercy? I'm glad I've been on the receiving end of that mercy business. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end of the compassion now, there, there's more to God than just that, but listen to me. He's a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. God is full of love. He's slow to get angry. Now, a lot of people imagine Him as quick to anger and shallow in love, but that's, that's not the God we know. He is rich in love and, and slow to anger, but make no mistake, he can be pushed there. And there are people pushing him there, and that's not how he wants to be pushed, right? But the truth will set us free so we don't have to see that side of him in our life. I want you to look at one more thing here. Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. In just a few minutes here, we're going to be taking communion together, but you as a born again child of God, a member of this family, you need to be reminded of what belongs to you. We need to be reminded of right from wrong because we tend to gray that area a little bit, right? But listen, and some people a lot more than gray, it's a lot further out than that. But we need to be reminded of what belongs to us You can have joy. You can have peace. You can be provided for. You can sleep well at night. You can have these things that Jesus paid for. But you also need to be reminded that you are loved. And even if you don't feel like anybody sees you right now, Jesus sees you. He knows where you're at. And he knows that it's a wild time. And and we know from Scripture It's liable to get a whole lot crazier (laughs) over the next season before Jesus comes back. And that's okay, because I'm not looking to any person for my answers. That's instability. I'm looking to Jesus, my refuge, my fortress, the rock of my salvation. That's who I'm looking to. But Peter put it this way, Second Peter, and we're going to look at chapter 3. And verses 3 and 4, he says, Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the what? The truth. Scoffers will come mocking the truth and knock, knock. Say who's there. The scoffers, they're here. They're mocking the truth. 
They're here. Look all around you. They done showed up, and they're here. And they're mocking the truth. And they're making fun of you. You really believe that? Oh, my gosh. You're crazy. We've got science now. We're enlightened. We're educated. You're crazy. You're a bigot. You're this. You're that. You believe that old-fashioned nonsense? You, I've staked my entire life on this stuff, man. Yeah, I believe it. But he said, yes, in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything's remained the same. Since the world was first created, not one thing's changed. You're still believing that Jesus is coming back business? I ain't seen it. You ain't seen it. You believe that nonsense? You're going to hear that stuff if you'll stand up for Jesus. Scoffers will come, not necessarily to mock you, but to mock the truth that you stand for. The truth that you speak, it will tick the devil off big time. And he will use people to mock and scoff and ridicule you. And you can't take it personal. They're not necessarily after you. They're after the truth. And they want to silence the truth that you stand for. Because the devil knows that if these people would know the truth, the truth would set them free. And they'd be free indeed this time. They would be free indeed. Skip down here to verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. Peter said this, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promises, some people think. No. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Well, man, God sure is being slow about that coming back business. Man, I wonder if he forgot about... You should thank God he's being slow about coming back, because he's doing it for the sake of some people that you know and love. Now, if you're in here and you know Jesus, then you're ready to go. He could come right now and you're good. But there's some people that I know that I love, and I, as much as I want Jesus to come right now, and believe me, I want Him to come right now. Valentine's Day 2021 would be great. I would love that. But for some people that I know and love, i got to say, you know what, thank you, Lord, that you have waited another day longer because they aren't ready yet. But there's people mocking. Is oh no 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 give up on that? It ain't it ain't happened yet. Who do you think? No. The truth will be mocked, but God will not be mocked. According to Galatians six, whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, of the spirit you reap life everlasting. That's the word of God. And so. Why is it we're so big on the truth? Why is it we're so big on the truth setting people free when they know it? Because I want to see people know what belongs to them. I want to see people stand up for what's right against what's wrong. And I want to see people have the revelation that they are loved. That God loves them and He doesn't regret what He did. Can I get an amen today? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. Praise God. We're talking about not just truth, but absolute 
truth. Absolute truth. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.